0: Church of Christ presents Many Names. The Reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman presented on Sunday, June 4th, 2023. Brothers and sisters, all my siblings, rejoice. The God of love and peace is with you. Be restored. Encourage each other. Live in peace. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Let us pray. Holy one, giver of existence, guard and guide these words of mine and the meditation of all of our hearts. Lead us into your word, your way, and your life. Amen. Well, once again, happy Pride Month to all of you and happy Trinity Sunday. That Sunday so beloved by Lutherans and systematic theologians, and so dreaded by UCC lectionary preachers, that many of us decide to have hymn sings on this day. I almost called Ian late Thursday night with this very idea, but I thought that that wasn't really fair to Lily and Ian to spring that on them so late in the week. So here we are together on Trinity Sunday. And I don't want your eyes to glaze over with boredom, and I don't want to get lost in a maze of my own making. So I will not, you will be relieved to know, be attempting to explain the Trinity to you. I will not be offering a history lecture on the development of the idea, tracing the first hints of it in the New Testament all the way up to the Nicene Creed. I will not tease out the arguments for the precise nature of Jesus and which proceeded from whom and where does the Holy Spirit fit in with that whole picture. I can offer no explanation of how the language and the math of three add up to one. I just want to invite us all into this odd, contested, central idea of the Christian tradition and allow it to speak to us. Now, like some of you, I spent many years of my life in churches that used one of the ancient creeds. In the Presbyterian church of my childhood, every week we would get up and we would affirm together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Later, as a young adult, I joined an Episcopal church where we recited the Nicene Creed, affirming week after week, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the same essence as the Father, lest there be any doubt. (laughs) And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. The orthodox view, all spelled out and settled, you must accept this. Not only that, Once I got to the Episcopal Church, it wasn't just the creed that could be memorized and recited. It was much of the service, because the whole service was provided for us in a prayer book. Now, there were different variations, and sometimes they would be combined in different ways, but an alert person who likes to memorize could, in fact, memorize the whole service and just recite it. And I do like to memorize. Later still, I joined the United Church of Christ, us, where we are a proudly non-creedal church. But I have to tell you, it was not the lack of creeds that drew me here. What drew me is the idea that God is still speaking, because creeds are not a bad place to start. They're just a bad place to finish. And I want to share with you a little bit about my experience of being in those churches where we recited creeds, and in the Episcopal Church where I, in fact, had memorized the whole service. First, the words of those memorized creeds and prayers popped into my mind unbidden when I needed them. The way any memorized song or poem might pop into your mind and nourish you with some joy or some hope or some perseverance. Your conscious mind didn't bring you there. It just came up to you because it was bred in your bone. Second, the more automatic the words were during the worship service, the more useful they became to me. Now, I know that's counterintuitive, and those of us in the so-called free church look at highly liturgical churches and imagine that the people in them are just parroting by rote things that they neither understand nor really mean. They're just repeating what they have said before. And I'm sure that for some people, yes, every Sunday is a mere repetition of what has happened before. And I'm sure that for all people, some of the time, it's just rote. I imagine that can be true here, too. But in my experience, the more firmly I had memorized the service, The more the words became a scaffold for me, on which I could hang my own thoughts, my own intentions, a scaffold on which I could stand and have my own experience of a still speaking, still living God. I didn't experience these memorized services or even the creeds as a straitjacket, but as an invitation. Of course, a scaffold can be confining in some way. It can determine the the shape of the building that it is scaffolding. But I like to think of it also as a platform, a platform from which we can reach out and up for more. It is true that there were sometimes some lunatic fights that broke out in the early centuries of the church and its development. People thought not just with words, but with monetary punishment and physical punishment over the precise language people should use to describe God. Those were fighting words. But beneath that, whatever else we can say about the process that brought us the language of the ancient creeds and the tradition of the church, what ended in coercion and formula started in human experience. Some human human beings had encounters with God and then they tried to form language to express the encounter that they had had. And I'd like to suggest that we embrace the Trinitarian formula the same way I embraced those creeds and liturgies, as an invitation to encounter God and name God, a scaffold on which to stand. A scaffold from which we can name the one who creates beauty out of our chaos. The sustainer who gives us courage and clarity for these days in which we are living now. We can name God as the redeemer who brings us up out of our shame and our blame. The texts we are offered this week for Trinity Sunday remind us that we are made in the image of that God we are trying to name. What a humbling and awe-inspiring thought, made in God's image, able to bring life-saving order and beauty out of chaos, designed to live in relationship and community in the same way that God that is three in one is designed to live in community. It isn't just a nice idea, but that's how the church perceived God and how they believed humans should live. It's how we are designed to live in community, both receiving and giving love, always in a flow, constantly. This beautiful idea made in the image of God is inspiring, and it is also daunting, and at least to me, confusing. If every one of us is in fact made in the divine image, why are some of us human beings so awful so much of the time, so violent, deceitful, and avaricious? Why are all of us at least a little bit awful some of the time, defensive, guarded, driven by our fears and our shames? What are humans that you are mindful of us, God? the psalmist says, you have made us a little lower than God. You adorn us with glory and honor. What a thing to live up and into and out of. Just before we start to feel too excited about that, I want to take us back to our reading from Genesis. There's a lot about dominion in there, and we'll argue about that on another day. (laughs) I didn't hear it It didn't clang against my ear until Kathy was reading it, because what I heard is that during the sixth step of creating beauty and meaning out of chaos, God called forth from the earth cattle and creeping things and wild animals, and then God said, let us make human beings in our image, male and female. Only after the creeping things and the cattle and on the same day We do not get our own day. We are just one of the creeping things, part of the cattle, one of the wild animals. Welcome to being human. We, who are a little lower than God, are part of the web of creation. And if we believe that God came to us in human form, so is God. God is engaged in this web of creation that God created out of the chaos this web of beauty and life. The God who sent the prophets to call the people into covenant and relationship, who came in the form of human being to invite us into beloved community, made us part of the web of creation. Stewards of it, but not separate from it, part of it. Just as God, who is beyond creation, is also in and part of that same web of creation. The invitation of Trinity Sunday is to encounter God in the texts we've inherited, in the world, in community, and in the stillness of our own inner self. The Reverend Steve Garnas Holmes wrote this week, how easy it is to worship our image of God instead of God. The Trinity is not a doctrine It is a koan. It's a way of slipperizing our image of God. So we can't hold it too tightly, too fiercely. So we can't make a weapon out of it. God is this, the opposite of this, and none of the above. God is more than one thing, and the one thing. God is beyond our knowing or pinning down, yet known, revealed, embodied. The intimate beyond, the intimate companion, and the immediate arising. God is mostly mystery and all love. Meditate on the mystery. Pray with the names. Let them speak. Let us pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mother, Child, love between. Creator, Christ, holy breath. Lover, beloved, love flowing between. Source of all being, eternal word, living spirit. Abba God, only begotten, spirit of love. Infinite parent, infinite sibling, infinite self. The one beyond, the one beside, the one within. Transcendent mystery, healing presence, emergent energy. Source of love, experience of love, energy of love. Lord of the universe, Jesus of Nazareth, heart of my soul, loving silence, gentle word, abiding love. Mother, Son, Holy Spirit, loving one, loving one, loving one, be with us. Amen.